Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rural Monticello. This is Sunday, September the 24th, 2023, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lector is Rhonda Weirs. Thank you to Zeta Harms for sponsoring this week's broadcast. Thank you for joining us today. Well, good morning on this 17th Sunday after Pentecost. It's good to be with you this morning. Let us begin with confession and forgiveness. You'll find this printed on the front of your bulletin. Gracious God, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Forgive us and give us strength to turn from sin and to serve you in the newness of life. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you of all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives power to become children of God and bestows upon them the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you remember last week as we began, we turned to our partners to the right and to the left and we said uh, to remind them that they are forgiven. And then we shared that we ourselves are forgiven. Oftentimes that's hard for us to do. And I think it was three Sundays ago during the message that I shared that there was a time, and many of us have been in this boat, where we've been angry with God. Well, today is a day to let go of your anger with God. It's time to let go of that. God loves you. And God forgives you, and he teaches you how to forgive. And he forgives you of your sins. And you've forgiven yourself. So now it's time to forgive God. Let us just take a moment of reflection. Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In your great tenderness, wipe away my faults. Wash me clean of my guilt and purify me from my sin. God creates a clean heart in me and put in me a new and constant spirit. Do not banish me from your presence. Do not deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Be my Savior again and renew my joy. Keep my spirit steady and willing. Save me from death, God, my Savior. And my tongue will acclaim your righteousness. Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will speak out your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever, world without end. Amen. As we'll hear in today's sermon, Jonah was angry with God and wasn't going to forgive him. So we hang on to that this morning. Let us begin with Kyrie, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, page 884, or 184. I guess, sir. Kyrie lays on, on our world and on our way. Kyrie lays on. the church for the unity of all. 
communion of the Holy Spirit to be with you all. Kids, I need you. It's time for the canticle of praise. Will you come forward and share with me? And we will all sing together and maybe we'll even stand up for this and wake up this morning. I saw some yawning going on out there.
Christ with the Holy Spirit. The glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 Glory to God in the highest, the highest, and peace to God's people. and have a seat. We'll be back up here in just a little bit. Let us pray together the prayer of the day that's printed in your bulletin insert for this 17th Sunday after Pentecost. Will you pray with me? Almighty eternal God, you show perpetual loving kindness to us, your servants, because we cannot rely on our own abilities. Grant us your merciful judgment and train us to embody the generosity of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We receive God's holy word. In... The first reading is from Jonah, chapter 3, verse 10, through chapter 4, verse 11, with the following preface. After Jonah's short sermon in chapter 3, verse 4, the Ninevites all repented and God decided to spare the city. Jonah objected to this and became even more angry when God ordered a worm to destroy a plant that was providing shade. The book ends with a question that challenges any who are ready to forgive. You, Jonah, are all worked up about a bush, but shouldn't I be concerned about 120,000 Ninevites? The reading. When God saw what the people of Nineveh did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, 
is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we will use uh, Psalm 145. I'll sing the refrain one, once. We can all sing it together, and then we go. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I will exalt you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day will I bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. There is no end to your greatness. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your power. speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and all your marvelous works. They shall tell of the might of your wondrous acts, and I will recount your greatness. They shall publish the remembrance of your great goodness. They shall sing joyfully of your righteousness. And full of compassion, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The second reading is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 30, with the following preface. Paul writes to the Philippians from prison. Though he is uncertain about the outcome of his imprisonment, he is committed to the ministry of the gospel and calls on the Philippians to live lives that reflect and enhance the gospel mission. The reading. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor, labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. 
Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our service continues on page 188 in the front of your hymnal with the gospel acclamation. I invite the congregation to please rise. According to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. You may be seated for the reading of the gospel. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them out into his vineyard. And when he went out at about nine o'clock that morning, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again at about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And at about five o'clock, he went out and he found others standing around and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired at about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I gave to you. I am not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me. 
or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Our Psalm 145. There is a message here for us this morning. It is about forgiveness. It is about God changing God's mind. We don't like change. And it's God's love for all people. So let's put this story, and I believe that the two, both the Gospel and the Old Testament from Jonah, really go hand in hand this morning. Now Jonah, as we heard Rhonda read, had a rebellion going on in his heart. Many of us, too, have a rebellion that goes on in our hearts. Jonah was a Hebrew, the scripture says. And being a Hebrew, then, he's a descendant of Jacob and Isaac and Abraham. Now, you remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was Abraham that God spoke to. Now, there wasn't anything that Abraham did, but God chose Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a great nation, and you are going to bless other nations. And so God sets this whole salvation story into motion. What's interesting is that God's story of salvation with this little bit out of Jonah that comes out of our minor prophets. And this is a story that many of our children know very, very well. And the reason that it's a minor prophet is he only wrote four chapters. So it puts him in the category. He wasn't a wind, it just wasn't a windy story like we see from Isaiah and Daniel and Jeremiah. The other thing I want to share with you that this story takes place with asking Jonah, God asking Jonah, to go to Nineveh. And he goes the other direction, to Tarshish. So I want you to understand the context of this story. Hang on, kids, because I'm going to have you come up here and help me with the sermon. But I want our adult friends to know what we're talking about in the context of this story. I want you to picture the very northern part of Maine over here. And then I want you to picture the very southern part of California, even south of San Diego, out there. I want you to know that from my doorstep to my mom's doorstep in Sun City is 1,700 miles. Can anybody guess how far it is from the upper uh, echelon of Maine down to the lowest place in California? Throw out a number. 3,500. 2,200. 1,000. 1,000. 1,000. 2,900 miles, almost 3,000 miles. 
And so it's that distance plus going from Minneapolis, Minnesota down to Des Moines. Add that on. So Nineveh's over here and Tarshish is way over here. This is an extreme story. I mean, talk about extreme. And Jonah's got in his mind this rebellion going on. I'm going to get away from here and God will never find me. Let's see, anything else I need to set? Oh, here's the other thing. So he has to go to, if you go to Nineveh, it's in Iraq today, and he's going to Assyria. Jonah was a prophet, which means God chose him, God gave him a message, and he delivered the message, and the message became true. What God delivered became truth. So Jonah's a prophet. And he's going to go to Syria. Now Syria is a kingdom that's building up, building up, building up, and the Israelites are fearing them, okay? And here he's going to go, and he's going to give a message. At this time, I invite our Sunday school kids to come forward to help me with the rest of the story. Come on up. And to make sure I get it right, I'm going to be using the Spark Bible and the World Bible, just to make sure I get this story right. I want you to face the storyboard, and when I ask you a question, you have to really say it out loud as best you can. Forget about the people behind you. Uh, we had Sunday school last week, right? And who did the coloring on these storyboards up here? You all did, right? And thanks to Gina Dirks, she came up with all the pictures here, right? And so the, our story starts over here. And God has spoken, has spoken to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and share with the people to start being kind and considerate and gentle with each other. So let's go. I'm Jonah. Let's go. We're going to Nineveh. You ready? Come with me fast. Right up behind me. Right behind me. Whoa. Whoa. Why would I want to do that? I'm a foreigner in their land. I do that. They're going to hurt me. No. I'm not going to go to Nineveh. I'm going to go where? Uh, up in... Tarshish. Right? Okay, so I'm going to Spain. Tarshish is actually in the southern tip of Spain on the Mediterranean. So let's go. Yeah, bullfighting in Spain. You know, I was sharing with Pete, I feel like Art Linkletter sometimes. When I... We're on our way to Tarshish. We're, we're not going to Nineveh. Okay, come on up here. Come on up here. Face this sign. Okay, we're not there yet. I mean, 3,000 miles. Come on. This is a long way. It would have been 500 miles to go to Nineveh. So we're going to go to Spain or Tarshish, and that's 2,500 miles. Let's just kind of spread out here. I want, your, uh, I want you to be a tree. Will you be a tree for me? How would a tree look? Go ahead. Okay. All of a sudden, we're walking along. There's a big wind. Be a tree with wind going through your branches. Oh, my gosh. Wind, 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 wind. Oh, wait a second. Stop. Pastor got ahead of himself. So before going to Spain, to Tarshish, 
Jonah says, the only way to get there, the quickest way, is for me to get on a boat, right? So he went and he bought a ticket. And uh, he put on his hat. And he got on a boat. Okay, now you're a tree. You're still close to land. And the wind comes up. And it's blowing, 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 blowing. And all of a sudden, the waves, you're on the Mediterranean Sea. And because you're going to Spain, or Tarshish, the most direct route is through the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. So you're not, you can't see the trees anymore, okay? And you're on the boat. And the wind and the waves are coming up. And so now you're standing on a boat with the winds and the waves. So what happens when you stand on a boat and the winds and the waves? I mean, you really do. Come on, lose your balance. Lose your balance. And uh, you're Jonah now, and all that's going on up above, and you're down below. Jonah's sleeping. Show us how you sleep. Yeah. And so the skipper, skipper of the ship found Jonah sleeping downstairs in the lower end of the boat. And uh, Jonah, he, he wakes him up. And he says, we have gone around all the shipmates. We have checked with all the gods, trying to figure out who is angry. Who is your God, Jonah? And he said, my, my God is the God of creation of heaven and earth. It is Yahweh. Well, your God must be angry with us. He goes, yeah, I think he is. I wouldn't go to Iraq. I wanted to go to Spain to hide from God. Can Jonah hide from God? Nope. Can we hide from God? No. No. God is omnipresent, always watching over us, right? So Jonah comes up on deck and they go, what are we going to do? Start praying to your God. And Jonah prays, but nothing happens. Finally, Jonah says to the other shipmates, throw me into the sea, for I think God is mad with me. And would they do it? They wouldn't do it. Because if God is mad at Jonah and they throw him in the sea, what is the Hebrew law that Moses gave? You shall not murder. murder. And so if they throw him into the sea, God's really going to be mad, right? Yeah. They won't do it. But I tell you what, the winds blew more. Be a tree with wind. They really blew and they're really scared. And so they finally pick up Jonah. All right, be careful. I'll take Landon and Connor. And uh, let's, let's pick up Carver here. Okay. Be very, very careful. Someone take the head, the, the top. Someone take the feet. Go underneath the arms. Pick them up. One, two, three. Yeah, something like that. Okay, now set him down. <laughs> there you go. He went into the sea. What, what, what happened? The minute that Carver, Carver, thank you. What happened the minute that Carver went into the sea? He fell. Yeah, he fell, but what happened to the sea? Say that loud, Connor. It calmed. it calmed down. And all of a sudden, God saved Jonah. We don't think of this. God saves Jonah. How does God save Jonah from drowning in the water? A, ale, a whale ate him. And I flip this over. X-ray. There he is. In the tummy of the whale, right? Okay. Jonah is in the whale... For how many days? Three. How many nights? Three. Three. Right. And Jonah finally realizes that God has saved him. And he begins to sing a song of praise. 
And was God pleased? Yeah. He repented. And so after that third day, God caused that whale to what? Spit him out. Pew. Can you say pew? Pew. And out he came on the beach. On the beach he came. And how did he smell? Fishy. Fishy. And he had to wipe off what? The gunk. gunk, the sand, everything. And he's standing on the seashore, right? Yeah. Now let me check my story. God is mad at me for not listening, says Jonah. So throw me overboard. And they did. Suddenly the sea was calm again. Look out, Jonah. Here comes a big fish. Gullop, gullop, gullop. The fish swallowed Jonah. And Jonah sat in the darkness. The smelly fish for three days, three nights. Jonah prayed. God help me. I'm sorry. Finally the fish spit Jonah out on the beach. Trudge, trudge, trudge. I think we got it right. Did they get it right? All right. Give them a hand. We've got part one done. This was chapter one, chapter two. I was kind of hoping I'd have a Jonah on a stick and I could say, okay, here we go. So Jonah, God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and tell the people what? To be nice. To be nice, okay? And Jonah closes his ears up so he doesn't hear God. And God says, put you, close your ears. Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to share with those people to be nice and kind and considerate. Did you hear it? No. Nope. Oh, wow. Well, Jonah did. And so Jonah knows after that whole episode, he is going to go. All right. We're on our way to Nineveh. Come fastly. Here we go. Come on, Jonas. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is uh, three, well, actually at this point, 500 miles. He didn't get very far into the sea of the, the Mediterranean Sea. So he comes, he comes, and here we are in chapter 3. And Jonah is right there. So you want to just line up here, Jonah? And he has his staff. And is he, is he happy at this point? Well, he's okay. He's not totally happy, but he's okay. And he's gone to, you've got to step down a little bit so people can see the picture. He's in, he's in Nineveh. Okay, now come on down here, Jonah, because you've got something to do. Stop here, in a line. Put your hands by your mouth. 40 days, 40 days. 40 days, 40 days. God is going to wipe you out. God is going to wipe you out. 40 days, 40 days. God is going to wipe you out. 40 days, 40 days. 40 days, 40 days. Yeah, there you go. And uh, so anyway, it took three days to walk across Nineveh. It was huge. It was the capital city in Assyria. And uh, all the people, all the people heard this, and they were worried. They heard about the Hebrew God. They knew about the Red Sea. They knew what God did to others who tried to interfere with God's plan because if you remember, Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go. Can you say, let my people go? Let my people go! They know that story. And so you're the people of Nineveh and you have decided that you're going to be kind to one another, show kindness to each other. 
Okay. Uh, can you shake your hand with a neighbor? Can you do a, a knuckle? Um, can you put your arm around your neighbor? This is weird. Okay, so the people of Nineveh are now being kind, and the king is agreed, and we need to be kind, and we need to repent. And so he put on a sackcloth, because that's what you did, and they covered themselves with ashes. People of God, what does that sound like? What season of the church here that we put ashes on, and we put on a sackcloth of prayer? Lent. And so the people are in Lent, and God changes God's mind. What does that do to Jonah? Made him angry. Jonah, let us see your angry face. Wow. Okay. So, Jonah goes outside of Nineveh to sit on a hill to wait and see what God's going to do. Forty days ticked by. Do you think God destroyed the people in Nineveh? No. No, they, he did not. And so... Jonah is upset. And uh, let me see here. Let's, let's see if I've got this. Let's go back and see if you've got it. Jonah brushed off the sticky sand, running away. Again, wouldn't work. He didn't want to go, but he needed to do what God asked him. He dragged himself off to Nineveh. Jonah stopped into the city shouting, 40 days, God will destroy you. Go ahead and say it. 40 days. 40 days, God will destroy you. There he did it. Now God would leave him alone. But the people in Nineveh surprised Jonah. They listened to God's message. They were sorry. They prayed to God, give us another chance. We will change the way that we are living. God saw that they did, and God did not destroy Nineveh. But the story isn't over. So he's sitting out on the hillside, and there's this wonderful bush that rises up over Jonah. And there's sun here, right? And then the next day, God causes a worm. The worm had many friends, and they did fast work. And what did they do to the bush? The ate, the bush. ate the bush, and the sun beat down on Jonah. And God has a conversation with Jonah. Am I not the God of creation, the God of love? Aren't I the God of steadfast love? And remember your sins no more, and I can forgive. Jonah, I caused this tree to provide you shade. I took the tree away. And you're upset? You're upset with the tree? Yeah. There you go. And I think the people got it. The people of Assyria got it. And God forgave now what's interesting is the story doesn't finish. We don't know if Jonah then forgave. But who did forgive? And God is what? Love. Say that again. God is love. And if God can forgive us, even our childish and evil ways, can we not forgive ourselves? Can we not forgive our neighbors? And can we not forgive God? All right. Last thing I want to do, and all this back and forth, I've lost my place, 
And this is the last thing I want you to, to do to help me. Now, we didn't practice this Sunday school, students. Whoops. The people sitting in the pew may be able to help you. I'm going to say three words, and then you're going to say three words after me. God is good. Okay, wasn't quite what I was looking for, but it works. All the time. God is good. All the time. I want to change it. I want to say, God loves us. All the time. It's not working. Okay, we're going to try this again. God loves us. All the time, all the time. Now we're getting it. You know, we could all go to Sunday school, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do a refrain. The refrain is God loves us all the time. God's love is forgiveness, God's love is kindness. God loves us all the time. God's love is patient and timeless. God's love is never withheld or conditional. God loves us all the time. God's love is eternal. God's love is for us. God loves us all the time. Amen. You can go back and have your seat. The Gospel of our Lord.
Let us share the affirmation of our faith as is found in the Apostles' Creed. I invite the congregation to please rise. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. We, uh, I received a text before I got on the plane uh, last, uh, last Monday, and then I had a note on my desk um, when I got back from Arizona. And so we're, we're going to postpone moving the Sunday school rooms around, and then we're also going to wait on installing our teachers. And so we'll, we'll wait on that. And uh, at this time, she doesn't know I'm going to do this, but I'm going to ask Holly to come up and share with us what the kids are going to work on in Sunday school today to use this time slot. All right, which is awesome. Well, if you're going to stand there, I have to hand you the microphone. Okay, thanks, Holly. She did not know I was calling on her. Her heart is going pitter-patter right now. Let her catch her breath. But I think this is wonderful. You need to hear what's happening in our Sunday school program. Uh, good morning. So today we are doing casseroles. Um, so we have the kids. Uh, yes, Landon, would you like to add? We are doing tater tot casserole. That is something that keeps my family alive, and it's also easy to have all the kids join in. So I learned this morning that it's not everybody's favorite. Um, so, but basically, we're doing it to uh, show the kids that even though they're little, they can do big things and bring uh, God's light into homes, especially when maybe people in our congregation aren't feeling well, have a new baby, um, sometimes we all know, and maybe pastor doesn't, but we know uh, maybe our own friends in the congregation are having a hard time, and so this isn't just for pastor to take a casserole to somebody. Any of you, if you know somebody or want to drop one off, they're in the freezer in the back. Um, it's just on the honor system. Uh, people have donated to this project, so um, it's kind of a quiet, under-the-radar thing, um, but basically so everybody can see that their church family is is supporting them. I should share with you, we only have three left. Okay, we only have three left from the last time we did it, and I think we did around 40. So today we're hopefully, um, we have 40 pounds of hamburger, so we're going to make them until we run out. <laughs> and where are the kids to go for Sunday school today? So First music, right? I believe music, and then uh, I will come get them here. All so right. we'll talk about uh, the basics, the hand washing and all of that, so we're doing everything as, as well as we can. Um, and then, yeah, they put a prayer on it, and... What else would you like me to say? I think that's great. <laughs> Isn't that just absolutely wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? This is a congregation that cares from the very littlest to the very oldest. 
Um, it's just amazing. I think of one of our older members of the congregation often will send a card out to you and uh, the kids. And it's just, it's my privilege. I've got to remember, sometimes I get down the road and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot a casserole. I spin around and head back here. So it's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Wanted to share that with you. And then um, our confirmation uh, students will be having a service project uh, that's happening um, uh, that's happening on our um, Club 25. And they're going to be making pies for the Harvest Festival under the guidance of Annie Lloyd. Isn't that awesome? With that, let's go ahead and we'll turn to our prayers of intercession. And then um, at, after we collect the offering and share the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to have Diane come forward and anyone else from the Harvest Festival Committee to share what's happening next. So let us continue with our, with our prayers. Yes, you'll find your prayers on the back inside cover of your insert. All right. Remembering and caring and generous works of our God, we pray for our church, creation, and all in need, the needs of our neighbors. God, who is gracious and merciful, teach your church to invite and welcome all. Lead us to be grateful for the blessing of community. Challenge your church to choose equality and compassion over judgment. Merciful God, God who sends wind and the sun, you know every worm and bush by name. Help us to remember that even the humblest parts of creation are precious to you. Show us how best to care for the earth and its creatures. Merciful God, God who is ready to relent from punishing, impart your compassionate wisdom to legislatures, judges, members of the military, law enforcement. Give them courage to serve in their communities in times of uncertainty, stress, and exhaustion. Merciful God, God who saves, direct your people who are tempted by evil ways, protect your children from calamity and disaster, strengthen all who are incarcerated, and encourage all who are in despair or pain in any kind and seek wholeness. Lord, we remember this day, Jim Strickle. We're thankful for Carol and Glenn Hines' recovery. We pray for Zeta and her recovery. We pray for Elfrida, who continues to receive at-home hospice care. And we pray for Linda Siebels, for Teresa Engelbart and their journeys. We pray for Kalinda and Sandy, who struggle with pain every day. And we pray for Dick and for Lynette and for Tom and for Samantha and anyone else in our, that is in our hearts. And we remember the family of Randy Wilkin, the nephew of Linda and Doreen, and all of their families. Surround them with your love during this difficult time. Their nephew, who died suddenly last week. And Lord, we pray for those who are serving in the military and law enforcement. For Brett and Ben and Trevor and Dustin, Spencer and others. For all of these, Lord, we pray. Merciful God. God who is slow to anger, may we boast about the goodness of Jesus with the confidence of Paul in prison. 
Inspire us to find abundance in whatever vocation we are called to into this world and in service to our congregation. Merciful God, God who abounds in steadfast love, we give thanks for the saints called into the kingdom of heaven, especially we remember this morning Randy. United with them in spirit, hold us firm as we labor in our life together and look to the life to come with all the saints. Merciful God, Remember us according to your steadfast love as we offer these in the prayers of our hearts, trusting in your compassion made known through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. We receive this morning's offering. All things through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love. Through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord, and taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Uh, as we know, as the, we start to think about the calendar turning to October, it means one thing, Harvest Festival. Um, and yeah, yay. <laughs> so it'll be on Wednesday, October 18th. And several committee members are here. And uh, committee members, if you wouldn't mind just giving a wave. Um, this is one of my favorite teams to work on. Uh, we're just kind of a, a well-oiled machine. And uh, we just trust one another. And it's just a, a great team to work on. Um, I am asking for some help. Uh, first of all, if you have some clean plastic containers at home that we can use for leftovers, that would be great, like sour cream containers, cottage cheese containers. Uh, you can just leave those in the kitchen. Uh, we'll also have a bake sale uh, the night of the Harvest Festival. So those of you who are bakers, um, we would love for you to help us um, have a great bake sale that night. And those of you who like to eat food from bake sales, I hope you come and uh, stop that night. And uh, I know I caught several of you before church to uh, give you your letter uh, out in the entryway. But if, if you didn't pick up your Harvest Festival letter, if you'll stop by, it's just a nice way that we can save some postage that way. Um, and I'm also going to ask you a favor that if you, uh, if you have a, a, well, in teacher terms, we call it the salmon-colored paper. If you have a salmon uh, slip in there and you're looking at it and you're thinking, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't think so. Um, if you wouldn't mind just letting me know. For instance, if it says, will you please bring two lemon meringue pies, and you're thinking, I just can't do that, I can bring peach pies instead, fantastic. Or if you know like you're the, you've been asked to work and it just doesn't work with your schedule, we just let me know so that uh, we don't have any, or too many surprises that night, please, because we can make adjustments. Just So if anything needs to change, just let me know. Um, and if some of you don't have a salmon colored sheet and you're like, I would very much like to help at the Harvest Festival, especially if you can help sometime between 4.15 and 5.30. Um, I would love to help find a place where you can be successful and help us. And I'm gonna do, so that's my Harvest Festival note for you. I'm gonna do one other thing and um, 
she's probably not going to like that I'm going to do this, but we've had a fairly regular visitor here. Um, my friend Alicia Krause is here. Alicia, will you just give just a little wave? She's been here for she's she's been here several times, and Alicia and her husband Brandon live in Monticello. They have a son Ryland who just graduated in May, and a son Peyton. Uh, who's in middle school. And Alicia is just one of the kindest, uh, deepest thinkers that I know, and she's someone who lives her faith. So if you haven't met Alicia, just know she's a good person. I'm glad she's here. So, uh, so that's Alicia. By the way, new member class is October 28th. No, I'm just, but it is. It is. Um, thank you, Diane, for that. Is there anyone else that has any announcements that they'd like to share? If not, receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We're going to sing our ascending song. We're going to sing stanza 1, 3, and 5. And you can remain seated. Reprinted with permission under one license number A 729734. All rights reserved.